Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chris. Hey everybody. We are going to round out Romans and start to dig right into 2 Corinthians. I think we jump right in there almost immediately. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so we'll go immediately from Romans uh, right into 2 Corinthians. And uh, there's a couple things to, a couple layers to peel off right here. Uh, the, the one thing I thought of right away, you, you were getting ready to talk because you thought I was going to ask you what stuck out to you. Usually you kind of <laughs> serve the ball into my court after your introduction. So uh, we, we just, like, we're, we're kind of working in different slots. So we just finished recording, like, 1 Corinthians 8 which you guys would have heard several days ago. Um, so it's kind of interesting jumping right into Romans 15 from that passage. Uh, basically, what we read in 1 Corinthians is about how important it is not to use our Christian liberty to offend somebody who may not see things quite the same way. Um, and we always want to be centered on sharing the gospel. We always want to be centered on sharing the love of Jesus with other people. And so sometimes, uh, even though something is right, or even though something's not wrong, uh, that doesn't mean we want to mm-hmm. just like, jump right into doing it. And so here in Romans 15, we actually get this same message uh, from Paul. So it's kind of neat that he is, he he must feel pretty passionately about this topic. He talks about it at length several times. You know, all preachers have some go-to messages. <laughs> and I think this is definitely one of Paul's. But again, it's super applicable because we've got Jews and Gentiles in this church yeah. that absolutely hated each other. So there was plenty of finger pointing saying, I'm strong and you're weak in this mm-hmm. area, because he uses mm-hmm. those two phrases uh, going both directions, mm-hmm. uh, because of cultural practices, because of preferences. So super applicable, even though he would have said a very similar message mm-hmm. with some specific things to the church in Corinth about meat sacrificed to idols. He's going to say the the same basic principles here directed to a different church, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, anytime you see something repeated in the Bible, it, it we do want to pay attention to that. So. Yeah. I think these are things that we can continue to apply for a lot of these what about, what if kind of issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, we see that in chapter 15. uh, And then we do uh, kind of get Paul as he wraps up the letter uh, saying hello to a lot of people in chapter 16. Oh my goodness. Tons of people. And it is just in line with the whole unity theme of Romans. I think it's worth pointing out that we've got Jews listed, we've got Gentiles listed, uh, and we've pointed out a number of times on this podcast that there's also specifically a lot of women listed, uh, which would have been a cultural uniqueness. That would have been a kingdom principle uh, of including women at the table. But some of these women even seem like leaders uh, in that area. So that is just, you know, sometimes even in the list of names, you can observe some interesting things. If you are bored tonight and you just have no idea what to do at all, you could read through uh, Romans 15 and 16 out loud. Some of these names are not easy to figure out. So, uh, And Ryan's, you know, he's kind of speaking from experience because he would have been <laughs> yeah, the one horrible. who drew that chapter, but um, <laughs> it's not a genealogy. It's not a genealogy, but these names are tough. Hey, Good you luck. know, it's just Ryan, you know, you're probably due to have another baby soon. So maybe you get some kid names. It's about that time, huh? <laughs> and then we jump into Second Corinthians. What do you want to? What should we talk about with Second Corinthians? Um, you know, something interesting, and I'll I'll toss this to you. Um, Paul seems to refer to more than more letters than what we have. Uh, we have First and Second Corinthians. We've talked in the past a little bit about how Paul's pretty familiar with his church. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but there are a lot of referrals to letters that we perhaps do not have. Yeah. And so there would actually be a lot of scholars that think there is four different pieces of communication to the Corinthian church. And we actually have the second and the fourth. Uh, so when we have first Corinthians, that would actually be the second communication. When we have second Corinthians, it's actually the fourth communication. And in the beginning here of uh, second Corinthians, Paul refers to this painful letter that he sent that we, we just, we don't have that. We don't know what it said. Uh, he just refers to it as it was tough, which if you zoom back out and you think about the content of first Corinthians, Paul was dealing with a lot of specific issues. He was pretty direct uh, in talking about some of the sin in the church, talking about some of the different issues. It almost seems like the church got a little worse before they got better uh, because then there's this painful communication that happened that we don't have. By the time we get to this uh, letter of second Corinthians, the tone is better. doesn't mean there's not some things that Paul points out here, but it's, it does seem like there's progress uh, that's happening in the church, which all that to say, uh, it's just a good reminder that discipleship takes time. And just because somebody with the authority of an apostle like Paul, just because he says it doesn't mean that people change instantly. And I think that's just always good to remind us more patient with our own growth and other people's growth. Uh, Paul's writings are so interesting. I'm looking at uh, 2 Corinthians 1, uh, 23. Uh, I call upon God as my witness that I'm telling you the truth. The reason I didn't return to Corinth was to spare you from a severe <laughs> rebuke. Uh, but that does not mean that I want to dominate you by telling you how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you so you will be full of joy. Talk about like a, uh, it's like a correction sandwich. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, the other thing that jumped out to me in this, it wasn't maybe a main point in um, in this letter, but the way that it's worded here, I think is really valuable that it just reminds people that uh, when the Holy Spirit came into our hearts, that that was the first installment and if the first part of the, the promise happens that everything else, then we can have confidence in. And I think that's just good sometimes, especially when we look around a chaotic world or we look around uh, just different situations. We're like, man, can we trust uh, in the ultimate promises of God? And the answer would be yes, because uh, in some of the very same prophecies in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was promised and the second coming was promised. Yeah. And so the fact that the first part of that has happened we can have confidence that the second coming and and all that that entails uh, will will occur too. So I just they the way they said the installment and that is a guarantee of everything else that just jumped out at me is just another hopeful reminder that God's promises will come true because we've already seen some of them happen. All right, guys, we'll be back again tomorrow. We're going to continue to dig into Second Corinthians, and actually tomorrow we have the return of a character we talked about in First mm -hmm. Corinthians. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about how Paul's going to handle this situation. There's so, a little teaser for you. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Romans 15.1 We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others to do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives us the patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for the followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made their ancestors. He also came so that the Gentiles might give glory to God for the mercies to them. This is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, For this I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. And in another place it is written, Rejoice with his people, you Gentiles. And yet again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Praise him, all you people of the earth. And in another place, Isaiah said, The heir to David's throne will come, and he will rule over the Gentiles. They will place their hope on him. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You know these things so well you can teach each other all about them. Even so, I have been bold enough to write you about some of these points, knowing that all you need is a reminder. For by God's grace, I am a special messenger from Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. I bring you the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God made holy by the Holy Spirit. So I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I worked among them. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ Jesus from Jerusalem all the way to Illyricum. My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard, rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. I've been following the plan spoken of in scriptures where it says, those who have never been told about him will see, and those who have never heard of him will understand. In fact, my visit to you has been delayed so long because I have been preaching in these places. But now I have finished my work in these regions, and after all these long years of waiting, I'm eager to visit you. I'm planning to go to Spain, and when I do, I will stop off in Rome. And after I've enjoyed your fellowship for a little while, you can provide for my journey. But before I come, I must go to Jerusalem and take a gift to the believers there. For you see, the believers in Macedonia and Acacia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them. Since the Gentiles receive the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem, they feel at least they can do in return is to help them financially. As soon as I have delivered this money and completed this good deed of theirs, I will come to see you on my way to Spain. And I am sure that when I come, Christ will richly bless our time together. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me given to you by the Holy Spirit. Pray that I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Pray also that the believers there will be willing to accept the donation I am taking to Jerusalem. Then, by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart and will be an encouragement to each other. And now, may God who gives us his peace be with you all. Amen. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church of Centuria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epistenes. He was the first person from the province of Asia to become a follower of Christ. 
Give my greetings to Mary, who has worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andronicus and Hunia, my fellow Jews, who were in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ before I did. Greet Amphilitus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, my co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stychus. Greet Apelles, a good man whom Christ approves, and give my greetings to the believers from the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my friend the Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Give my greetings to Tephrenia and Typhosa, the Lord's workers, and dear Persis, who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. Give my greetings to Asnacritus, Philegion, Hermes, Pratibus, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who meet with them. Give my greetings to Philogus, Julia, Neris, his sister, and to Olympus and all the believers who meet with them. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. All the churches of Christ send you their greetings. And now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for the people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interest. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you're obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and to stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends you his greetings as do Lucius, Jason, and Sassapter, my fellow Jews. I, Tertius, the one writing this letter for Paul, send my greetings to as one of the Lord's followers. Gaius says hello to you. He is my host and also serves as host to the whole church. Erastus, the city treasurer, sends you his greetings, and so does our brother Quartus. Now all glory to God, who is able to make you strong, just as my good news says. The, this message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plan for you, Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. But now as the prophets foretold, and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all, Gentiles everywhere, so that they might too believe and obey him. All glory to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, forever. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. I am writing to God's church in Corinth and all his holy people throughout Greece. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I'll praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they, when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We are crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks to God because God has graciously, graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. We can say with confidence and a clear conscience that we have lived with a God-given holiness and sincerity in all of our dealings. We have depended on God's grace, not on, on our own human wisdom. That is how we have conducted ourselves before the world, especially toward you. 
Our letters have been straightforward, and there is nothing written between the lines and nothing you can't understand. I hope someday you will fully understand us, even if you don't understand us now. Then on the day when the Lord Jesus returns, you will be proud of us in the same way we are proud of you. Since I was so sure of your understanding and trust, I wanted to give you a double blessing by visiting you twice. First on my way to Macedonia, and again when I return from Macedonia. Then you can send me on my way to Judea. You may be asking why I changed my plan. Do you think I make my plans carelessly? Do you think I am like people of the world who say yes when they really mean no? As surely as God is faithful, our, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you as God's ultimate yes. He always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us, and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. Now I call upon God as my witness that I am telling the truth. The reason I didn't return to Corinth was to spare you from severe rebuke. But that does not mean we want to dominate you by telling you how to put your faith into practice. We want to work together with you so that you will be full of joy, for it is by your own faith that you stand firm. So I decided that I would not bring you grief with another painful visit. For if I cause you grief, who will make me glad? Certainly not someone I have grieved. That is why I wrote to you as I did, so that when I do come, I won't be grieved by the very ones who ought to give me the greatest joy. Surely you all know that my joy comes from your being joyful. I wrote that letter in great anguish, with a troubled heart and many tears. I didn't want to grieve you, but I wanted to let you know how much love I have for you. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.